Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United, I'm your host Matthew and today talking about our 3-2 defeat away in the Premier League against Arsenal. A disappointing result, um, I felt there were some things that were very clearly wrong today. Um, credit to Arsenal though, as well, um, they did play very, very well. I've seen some bits and pieces of Arsenal over this season, you know, through highlights and I've seen like parts of games and things and they do look very well drilled and well coached and, you know, it's important to remember um, Arteta's in his, what, third season now, I think. At Arsenal, of course, picked up the FA Cup in his first season. Um, didn't have a great season last season, but then they went and rebuilt. Um, it's It was annoying looking at our squad today and our bench. And then looking at Arsenal's. And obviously they've had some transfer activity recently. You know, Trossard, who's made his appearance today... Just recently signed. They've bought like I think four or five other players as well, um, and it's just it's just kind of like what one one of the many things I noticed in this game, in this match is I'm looking at Arsenal's team and thinking, or then looking at our team, sorry, and thinking, okay, take Casemiro out, and then you're putting McTominay and Eriksen in midfield, but it's like. Tenard can only use who he's got, you know, he has to make his best judgment, um, and I saw some different suggestions throughout the week as to like, okay, Casemiro's out, what could we do, and all this kind of stuff, and just in case you're new here or whatever, my suggestion was, you have a back four of Wan-Bissaka, uh, Varane, Luke Shaw's left centre-back, Malasia, and then a midfield of Fred and Martinez, That that, that is quite left-footed, but you can't put a player in the team who's not in the team, you know. And I looked at Arsenal's midfield, and I've seen Arsenal's midfield a couple of times, you know, the uh, Partey, Xhaka, and Odegaard. And I thought, I don't like saying this, but yes, that's a better midfield than what we put out today. Um, and you kind of looked at, because obviously everybody was kind of looking at the Casemiro situation. And straight away you think, okay, if Arsenal win the midfield battle, which they did, uh, it wasn't a guarantee, because you never know what happens in football, but they did win the midfield battle, which I do think ultimately won them the game. What can we do about that? Like, in, in Ten Hag's mind, if he's going into this game thinking, okay, we won't really win the midfield battle because our main man is out, Casemiro, what do we do? Not just him, but what does him and the and the team do? Um, I don't think we were like terrible today. I thought that we um played well in certain sections of this game. I just think Arsenal were unfortunately better. Um, I do think they had a bit of the luck with the Casemiro situation. Uh, I do think you'd be looking at a different game, and sometimes it is as simple as that. You know, a few days before a game starts, and you know, you take a big player out of the game, and that's not an excuse. I'm not trying to use that as an excuse. There isn't really, there isn't really any excuses for losing this game. Um, you can also look, and I'm just looking at like factors because I think there was a few different reasons as to why we lost. I think that was one of them. Also, yeah, you know, Arteta has had more time with Arsenal than what Ten Hag has with, had with United, and as, and as impressed and as happy as I've been with what Ten Hag has done with Man United, because I have been very happy about it, and we have been a lot better this season, especially recently. Um, 
Arteta's got like his team and he's still, you know, building upon it. They're still buying players like now. So um again, that doesn't mean that like, oh yeah, Arsenal are better so they will win. Like football doesn't work like that, but um another re- another thing to, to to note as well. Um there's either one of two things going on with Redhorst. I and I think both of them can apply. Either it's a case where the team is not used to like putting crosses into the big guy, so to speak, or we're too used to sort of playing. We're, we're too used to sort of playing ground football, if that makes sense. Like we we do put crosses in and stuff, but I'm sure a lot of our goals this season. And I don't know. I don't know this factually, but I'm sure a lot of our goals this season have probably been through, you know, Marcelo or Rashford passing to each other, or Garnacho on the left and Rashford through the middle. And those sorts of players aren't really. Like if you think of Garnacho, Rashford, and Martial, who've been kind of like the middle on the left side, um, that not you don't really associate any of those players with headed goals. And although I do think Redcourse got himself involved a bit more in the game, um, plus there's also the fact of, like, you know, uh, he probably isn't adjusted to the Premier League. He's just got here. It's only his second game. So we're still training with the team. It is a temporary sort of thing. Um, So I just wanted to sort of note that as well. That was a a key sort of thing from the game. Um, But no, I think Arsenal are good. Um... It will be, I mean, their ultimate test will be when they face Man City, which they haven't even done yet, which is kind of interesting. That will probably happen quite soon. Um, although a funny stat for you all, um, of course, they're five points clear now at the top of the league. They do have a game in hand, so that could mean eight points. They could actually lose twice to Man City and still win the league by being two points clear. Uh, obviously, Man City are going to be the ones that they're going to be looking at now. Um, it was an interesting situation this game as well that I found myself in. Because, yes, I obviously want Man United to win every game of football and win everything. Why would I? Why would I want anything of the opposite of that? But if you were to say to me, like, okay, who who would I want to win the league? Arsenal or Man City? It's going to be Arsenal. Because Man City are winning too many Premier Leagues, and also if they win this year, it'll be their third in a row, which would equal one of Sir Alex Ferguson's records. Um, so the only, I mean, Newcastle could do it. We're on point level of points with them. Obviously, we could do it as well. Um, but the ones at the top at the moment, both before and after this game, was was Arsenal. So. It's a shame that we lost. I still would have obviously liked the points. Arsenal would have still been top anyway if we'd have won. We'd have just been closer to Man City. Um, and Arsenal would have still had a game in hand. Um, but, I don't know. Like And again, it wasn't me sort of being like, oh, I hope Man United lose to Arsenal, go clear at the top. Like I wasn't thinking that. It was more kind of just... I don't know. It, it was sort of like... We're playing against the enemy of the enemy who is my friend. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was... I don't know. And we won't have to play them again this season. And I wasn't sitting there torn as to, like, who do I want to win? Obviously, I want Man United to win. But it was a bit of an enemy. It was like last season when we didn't want Liverpool to win the league again and they almost won the quad. And it's obviously that was a different situation to this. 
And that was kind of like, okay, we really need City to win this because I, we don't want Liverpool to win it because they could win the quad, which would be really bad in like every single way, shape or form. So you're kind of rooting for Man City to win because we couldn't. And although you don't want Man City to win the league, you want Man United to win the league. Sometimes you find yourself again the enemy of the the enemy of the enemy is my friend situation. Uh, obviously, we shouldn't be in that situation at all. We should be in a situation where it's like, nope, it's just us and and, and that's it. Like every, everybody else to win the league is bad, and I don't want Arsenal to win the league. I'd prefer them to win it to Man City though, if if that's if that's the option. I mean, it'd be uh, on the other side as well. Let's say hypothetically Newcastle win this league, that would be interesting for football. Um, the thing I would ultimately want to happen, obviously, is Man United win it and we end our 10-year Premier League trophy drought, which is uh, actually this year, isn't it? So, um, sometimes you do kind of have to rely on other teams that you don't quite like as much so that they win the thing so that the team that you like even less wins the thing. Um, and unfortunately, with how Man United has been over the last 10 years or so, uh, we've been in a situation like that a couple of times before, so yeah, it's it's not great. But um, sometimes, like like when I remember back in, I think it was twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. I can't remember where we were in the, in 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 the uh, title race. Um, but it was kind of like you know they they kept winning one nil and there was sort of like one two points clear. And a lot of football fans, even fans who you know weren't fans of Leicester, were like, "Wouldn't it be just be interesting if Leicester won the league?" That doesn't apply quite so much with Arsenal. That does kind of apply to to, to Newcastle though, and it doesn't apply at all to to Man City. Um, I think it'd be quite boring if City won the league this year yet again, and it's like Haaland ends up with forty goals or something. So, anyway, back to this game. Um, but like, if you were to give me an offer right now, and you say, "Okay, you can have the Carabao Cup." And Arsenal win the league. I'd say okay. I'd I'd take that. That would still mean that we'd win a trophy though. And it would mean that Man City wouldn't win the league. And I'd be fine with that. Um, Which again is not something I should necessarily be saying. But uh, of course I have the expectation for Man United to win everything. But obviously we're not going to win everything every year. So, Um, But no I think Arsenal well drilled side. I think we played well today again, but I I think again you could see the differences with like okay this team has clearly had some time under its manager, and they've adjusted their team, they've brought signings, and it was kind of frustrating looking at our striker situation today, and the midfield and thinking we need some more midfielders, we need another striker, and that's no disrespect to where Goldst obviously is like just got here and everything, but um because like in terms of like um what's his name Odegaard. I'd I'd take him. I th- I mean I thought before this game that he's looked quite good. I think he came from Real Madrid. Um, Saka's much improved. I remember a couple of seasons ago where Saka wasn't very good. Uh, or oh, he he was alright, but now he's clearly sort of like developed himself. So it's it's just culminated in this Arsenal team that's sort of like because they say football works sometimes in um uh sort of uh not rotations but sort of. The team dominates for three to five years and somebody else does. I do wonder, I mean, clearly Liverpool slipping away. They're like 10th or something now. Um, like, I wonder if it's a case where, like, okay, maybe Man City is slipping away. New- Liverpool certainly are. And maybe it's Arsenal, us and Newcastle or something. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting to, to see. 
terms for us though, um, yeah, like I said, I thought we played all right at points. I thought we made mistakes. Um, I do unfortunately again think Ten Hag made made mistakes today, but I also think he was quite limited with what he could do. Not because of his tactical knowledge and things, but team selections and substitutions. I, I'm seeing week in week out. If I look here. Our bench, Alanga, Ganacho, Fred, Maguire, Palestri, Malasia. And I like some of those players. Not all of them, but some of them. And it's just, like, I'm looking at Arsenal's midfield and I'm like, Zaka looks pretty good. Partey looks quite good. Odegaard looks quite good. Um, I think we need a better midfield. And, I, and then I'm looking at, like, McTominay today. The, these are those sorts of games, and I don't, I don't mean to pick on McTominay. These are the sort of games where McTominay sticks out like a sore thumb. Where you look at that and you think, why why can't you be as good as Odegaard or as good as Xhaka or Saka or you know Partey? Why can't why can't you be as good as that? Um, I'm I'm gonna lay. I don't really like laying into players or picking on players, but I I do have some just like bigger things to say about McTominay today. Um, I I he's just got to go. McTominay, um, I know every now and again he'll he'll score a goal or he'll make a decent assist or he'll have a decent game, but it's games like this where you've got to like pull your socks up, and it wasn't his fault that we lost. I'm not saying that, but I'm been I focused in these first ten fifteen minutes here on the midfield battle, and. McTominay surely would have looked at the situation today and thought, I've got to, I've got to put in the performance of my life. Um, I don't think Ericsson was great. I don't think Bruno was very good. I don't, I don't think any of the three of them were, were very good today. I thought they all made mistakes. And I like Ericsson. And sometimes I like Bruno. And I haven't liked McTominay for a bit of time. But um, I don't think any of the three of them played particularly well. I thought they all got completely out, outran in midfield. And... Um, yeah, I I saw so many suggestions today of like, oh, why didn't Fred play instead of Ericsson? And it's just, but then you go back to McFred, and that doesn't work. It just doesn't work. So you look at that situation in in, in a bubble. What is Ten Tenag supposed to do? And he had to make a decision. And uh, I still would have put Martinez in midfield. Maybe that wasn't on his mind. Maybe he maybe in Ten Hag's thought uh, mind he thought you know. I have to play Varane and Martinez at centre back. That's the one thing I have to do. Um, but like, I, I I'm just watching, and then and I'm not. I don't even particularly look out for certain players. Most of the time, when I'm watching this game, I'm maybe watching some off-ball stuff. But then I'm mostly watching who's got the ball and what they're doing with it. And like, McTominay does just hide in games. I've seen people kind of highlight it on, you know, on Twitter and on YouTube and stuff. He does. Um, but so many misplaced passes as well. I don't know what's wrong with his passing. I mean, how how old is McTominay now? He's 26. It's not as if you could look at McTominay the same way that you'd look at, like, Gonacho or somebody. And go, oh, he's young, he's learning. No, you're 26 now. And I get that every every great player in the world's got a bad pass in them, right? Or a bad shot, or whatever. But these are the games where you can't afford to do that. Um, and again, I thought Bruno did it. I thought Eriksson did it. But I thought McTominay really, really stuck out today. Um, he he loses the ball. He doesn't track back well enough. Or even if he does track back, he does this weird thing where he tracks back. 
and then kind of like he's there but he's not like getting involved do you know what I mean like he's letting the ball sort of go past him and he he sort of tracks back and then like jogs around a little bit and it's just I just we have to let him go. There's, there's, I, I, there's no more ifs, buts, maybes. If he could do this, if he could do that, maybe he could do this, maybe he could do that. And I've, I've been there before. I, I've said, you know, if you play him further up the pitch, or if you play him as a ten, or maybe as a striker, because he is kind of good at, at scoring and and shooting at points. Um, but no, we have to. We we players like him because there's tons of other players you could mention in this squad. Obviously, Maguire's been dropped and whatnot. We have to just move on from him. We 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 can't do it with him anymore. Um, and there was a period a couple of years ago where I liked him, but I don't know what's happened to him since then. And I just kind of would have thought, and maybe he maybe he knows he's not getting dropped, not not getting put in for for when Casemiro comes back. But no matter who you are as a player, because we knew okay, Casemiro's coming to this team. And and the reason I'm highlighting this so much as well is because it is we did lose the midfield battle today a number of times. I thought he was the biggest culprit of it. And um, it's been our issue for so long. Casemiro has come in and within, what, half a season or something, has completely taken that position by storm. And I know Casemiro's got a lot more of experience and, and whatnot, but he, he's done it, like, already. And I just would have kind of thought McTominay would have looked at this game today... I thought, okay, Casemiro's out. Maybe I can play a midfield next to him. He might not dethrone Casemiro, but there's still two other slots in that midfield. And if I'm Ten Hag, I'm going to look at that and think, nah, there's there's no chance you're starting like next game. Um, and I, I know he hasn't been recently. It's it's been what Casemiro, Eriksen, Bruno. That's been the midfield, but still. Um, there's there's other players today that that I'm really really disappointed with as well. But um, I'm going to bring those up as we go through. However, uh, so let's get into the summary. We did uh, take the lead in this game, actually. Through a very good goal. There is some good stuff to talk about today. Uh, Bruno Fernandes assisting Rashford for his goal. Uh, this was kind of an interesting one for a few different reasons. So he gets the ball on sort of the left-ish side of the pitch. Drives forward with it. I think there was two Arsenal players next to him. I think he nutmegged Partey. I didn't see it myself particularly, but, but I saw some comments about the ball actually went through his legs. It Sometimes goals happen just so fast you don't see every single thing. So he did that and then just did one of his kind of like driving shots into the uh, in, in, into the bottom corner. Um, Veghorst's role in this goal is kind of interesting because he makes the forward run. There's an Arsenal player that goes with him. And you think, okay, play it through to him, Rashford. No, he just whacks the ball and it just goes in. Obviously, good shot and everything, like really, really great shot. That's like a bullet sort of goal and everything. Veghorst acted as this kind of like, okay, option slash dummy, like a, like a dummy run. And obviously, what that is is when you know a player makes a run, it pulls another player out of position because there's an Arsenal player going with him, giving Rashford more room to get the shot off. So yeah, Rashford had a choice there. Obviously, he could have stopped, he could have passed, he could have shot, he could have. Um, done lots of different things in that situation um, but really his two options are I'm going to either take a shot here or play it through to, to, to Veghorst I'm not sure what would have happened if he'd played it through to Veghorst I, I, he was in a forward position I don't know about sort of 
like the actual positioning where Redcorst was. So I'm not sure if he'd actually got the ball or not. But however, Rashford takes a shot here and uh, goes in the back of the net. Good stuff. Good start. Uh, one nil to Man United, uh, which is very good. Then Enketia scored um, a goal. Just trying to think what happened here. Um, oh yeah, this was kind of like um, Wambasaka got stuck on the ball. Um, it went out for a corner. They didn't score from a corner, but they sort of worked the ball around a bit. I was a bit sort of um, puzzled at the positioning with this goal. And again, with these types of crossed goals, there's three chances to stop the goal. Chance one is to block or stop the pass that goes to the crosser. Step two is to block or stop the actual crosser when they've got the ball. And step three is when the ball's in the box, you either stop or block the attempt at goal. We don't do either in this situation. Now, Wampasaka is known for one of his strengths, which is one-on-one -on -one defending, which he is very, very good at, and he was good at again today. Um, he does get caught into a bit of a situation, and I don't know what else he could have necessarily done to get out of it, which, which causes the corner. But that doesn't mean that you're going to automatically concede a goal from there. So that happens. And then I noticed, okay, so obviously when you've got... Um, corners in the football players are like all over the place I, I don't really like corners in football actually I, I would genuinely like to change that for something else um they're just not I don't find corners sort of interesting or anything really and they're often quite sort of scrappy goals as well um so that all happened as well and then Wambasaka sort of like stays on the left hand side here, because the ball gets crossed in again, you should stop the cross and all that kind of thing. Um, and then Enketia is being marked by Wambasaka, who it doesn't mark him closely enough, and he gets the header off. But when I kind of looked at that, because I didn't notice straight away like who was where and what was going on and whatever, and they, they, they replayed the goal, and I was like, wait a minute, why is Wambasaka on the left side of the pitch? That's like total, total, total opposite to where he should where he should be. Um, I just, I don't know, if he was on the right side of the pitch, and I get that it's from a corner, he's not going to be in his position per se, but when that cross comes over, he's essentially in sort of the left centre-back position, which is not where he's used to defending, that, that's, that, that's like the point I'm trying to make. If that was sort of Martinez or Shaw or maybe Varane or somebody, they're more used to defending in that position, because um, there is certain players out there that are just more comfortable in a certain area of the pitch, which is why you have positions in football. Um, he just sort of seemed to... I know he was marking Nketia, and he sort of he probably spotted him and thought, OK, I'll mark him, but it makes him out of position, and I'm kind of just wondering if that's why... That's why he didn't um, get the ball off of him, because he's not used to defending in that particular area. I mean, when... Like, this is a sort of goal that you'd want a centre-back or a midfielder to deal with. Not really a full-back, necessarily. And in the air, particularly, I don't remember Wambasaka being that great, actually, like, in the air. Like, again, his one of his traits is, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one defending, but that's when the ball's on the ground. So, I just thought Wambasaka found himself in, a, in an unlucky situation, so... That was that goal. Of course, we could have stopped it before that. We could have not given away a corner. We could have cleared the corner. We could have stopped the cross. Goalkeeper could have come for it. I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff that could have happened. This isn't really an individual error type of goal. This is more of a sort of team failure of a goal. Um, again, 
But again, to Arsenal's credit, really great passing to build up for the goal and they've clearly been working on some stuff. So credit where credit's due for that. Uh, then they took the lead. Obviously, go to half-time. Uh, Saka scored. Um, this goal is on, I'd say, two particular in, um, individual errors. And I thought our two worst players today, which is Shaw and McTominay. Martinez was relatively close to the ball, but not quite close enough to actually sort of intervene necessarily. Um, but when you look at that left side of the pitch, that's McTominay's side. And that's Luke Shaw's side. Um, he, Saka just like gets far too much room against against Shaw. He's able to peel away from him very, very easily. McTominay doesn't really help out Shaw in this situation as well. He kind of just jogs around because that's what he was doing for most of the game. Um, and I was I was quite disappointed in Shaw with this with this goal because I have low expectations for what McTominay will do, but I trust Shaw more as a player. Um, like there's certain players that you just trust more than others, right? To be able to do certain things. Um, so I thought it was it was quite surprising from from him. And, and throughout most of the game, I thought Saka got the better of Shaw, and I was very disappointed with that as well. So with again with Malasia have worked better there. We'll never know because he didn't play. So that was a very disappointing goal. I mean, credit to him for the shot and the control and like you know getting to. You know, get away from his left back and everything. I thought I thought Saka did very well. Sometimes you do have to credit the the attackers um, with how they are able to actually score the goal. And uh, yeah, it's clearly something that Saka is is good at. So and he almost did it twice, didn't he? Because he hit the post as well. So there was that goal. Uh, then we made it two two. However, um, with Martinez with his first goal, this was a funny little kind of goal. Um, the thing, interesting thing with football here, though, is it doesn't matter how you score them; it's that you score them. It can be the most awkward, um, uh, yeah, just the, the most awkward sort of funny, scrappy goal you've ever scored. It doesn't matter if the ball goes over the line and it's not offside and it's not a foul or whatever. You've scored. That that's really ultimately what matters. I mean, sure, it's great to have you know more coordinated goals and better tactical goals and things, but when the, when the full time ends, it's more. It's not about who's got more possession, more passes, more shots. It's about who's put the ball over the line more times. That's ultimately what it comes down to. So, um, but yeah, corner gets gets crossed in here, and uh, yeah, apparently um, Martinez's size was going to let him down. That's that's what we were all told, weren't we? Uh, clearly not in this situation. Um, even with his headband thinged on, I think that was from the last game. Um, does this kind of like scooped header? Um, there was an Arsenal player who tried to clear it off the line as well, which I which I found kind of interesting. Uh, again, kind of a scrappy goal, but he did the work he needed to do to uh, to get the header on target. And uh, yeah, clearly it means a lot to him as well. It's re- it's great to see like that sort of passion come through, uh, which is very very good. Um, but oh, congratulations to Martinez on his on his first main night goal. I'm trying to think who hasn't scored in this team now because Anthony has, Casemiro has, hasn't he? Eriksen has. Um, you don't expect obviously De Gea to to have scored. Has De Gea ever scored for Man United? I don't think he has, has he? But it's very very rare, obviously, that a, a goalkeeper will get a goal. Um, uh, has Malasia scored yet? I'm trying to think of our new signings now because. Yeah, Eriksen has, Casemiro has, Martinez has. Um, well, Vegos is very, very new anyway. Um, I think Malasia might be the only one, unless I'm misremembering a Malasia goal from from somewhere. Um, 
But no, Anthony scored like two or three. Ericsson's got at least one. Casemiro's got actually Casemiro's got two, hasn't he? Because he scored the other day. Um, so that's good. But yeah, uh, but yeah, adding adding himself to the list, Martinez with this goal, I thought it was very good. Again, not not much to analyse from from a corner, but uh, this is more about the technique for the header, the kind of scooped up sort of header. I thought that was uh, kind of cool. So they made it two two. Then we made a substitution. Um, good timing with this. I thought this was a good substitution to make. Fred on for Anthony. I'm not actually sure where Fred was playing after this. I doubt he was playing on the left wing because <laughs> that's where Anthony was. Sorry, the right wing because uh, that's where Anthony was playing. Um, I'm gonna guess he moved Bruno to the right and put Fred in midfield. I think that's probably what he did, didn't he? Um, something I'd kind of be interested to see, and maybe this would be a good thing or a bad thing. When a manager makes a sub. For it to maybe come up on the TV of like, this player's come on for here, and the manager's indicated that he will now be playing here. But then maybe that could be in disadvantage, because if the other team finds out or something, um, I don't know how they would, but if the other team found out, it'd be like, oh, they've moved this player here, and um, I don't know, I don't know. But just, just a little like indication from the manager or something, so... Because uh, even sometimes when a manager changes formation during the game, you might notice it, but you don't always necessarily. Um, but that would be my guess is that he switched Bruno out to the right, which again I don't like. Um, I don't like Bruno out on the right hand side. And Fred in midfield. Um, then they gave Trossard his debut as well. Uh, then Luke Shaw got booked for something. Uh, and then Enketia scored his second goal, um, who also had a good game as well. Um. What was oh yeah this guy was the the one that was almost offside I e- even in the first quick version of this like in in real time I didn't think it was offside um and then they went to VAR and stuff and I was like you can clearly see that that's that's onside um I I thought it was anyway again it can be different angles and and whatnot but sometimes you can even just tell you know when you've got the, the slightly different coloured patches of grass. Like some are slightly darker patches and some are lighter patches. You can kind of almost use that as like a guide without the VAR line. And you can see, okay, on this edge of the patch of whatever this player is here and then the other one's here. You can, you can sometimes just tell like straight away. So, uh, but, uh, what's, so what's the issue with this goal? Uh, obviously it went in the goal, which is, which is the issue. Um, I think what was it? I try to actually remember the goal now. Sometimes when there's more than like three goals, I I, I forget some of them. Um, it was a cross that came in, wasn't it? Uh, again, I think this is more down to like a team error sort of thing. Maybe you could blame Martinez for this one. I I'm not sure, but because uh, it was sort of a cross that went in from Wambasaka's side. Somebody took a shot or something, and then there was like a, a flick on, wasn't there? Um, right next to the goal. Um, so yeah, again, just, it's, see, the thing is with with some of these Arsenal goals, like, even as they were happening, I'm like, okay, that was just really good play from Arsenal, and yes, we should still be stopping, stopping them, but, because sometimes when a goal goes in, you think, oh, you, you idiot, you kind of like, you know, you should have tackled him, or there's like a blatantly obvious mistake at certain points, other times it's just, okay, that was just a really good bit of passing from the other team. And they scored a goal. And there's not much you can always do about that. So I I feel like that was more the situation with these goals than anything else. So, 
Yeah, they made it 3-2. Um, see, it was between the Fred substitution here when it was 2-2. And this 90th minute substitution from Ganacho. Now, there's the difference between two different things. There's either late substitutions from a manager, which I, I do still think these substitutions were too late. But you've also got to remember, okay, if a manager tries to make a substitution, let's say at 75 minutes, um, but the ball doesn't go out of play for five minutes, then there's nothing you can do about that. Also, the player has to warm up, and there has been occasions in the past. There can be occasions as well where... Um, the ball goes out of play, the opposition pick it up really quickly and you've you've not got time to actually stop the game and bring the player on. Uh, you could put some of that down to this because it, it felt like around about the 80th minute we were trying to make substitutions and it wasn't quite happening. But if you can get Fred ready for the 70th minute, I feel like, because I think, yeah, Ganacho bringing being brought on was a good was a good change. Obviously, Varane was brought off because he wasn't going for defending anymore. He was going for, for, for getting a goal. Um, I'd have brought McTominay off, definitely. I think I would have brought Eriksson off. Um, I would have still brought Fred on. I don't know that I would have actually taken Anthony off, uh, necessarily. But... Again, one of the, again one of the issues with this game that I was looking at and thinking, okay, how does Ten Hag deal with this? Is there was players during that game, let's say like 50, 60, 70th minute, where I was thinking that player's got to come off, that player's got to come off. So Ericsson and uh, McTominay. But I look at the bench. It's like, okay, you want to take those players off, right? Which might have been on Ten Hag's mind. Who do you bring on for them? Um, and this is where our sort of like winger situation comes in, because you've got Al- Alanga, Ganacho, and Palestri, right? And then you've got this young uh, Mina, whatever his name is, the, the new young kid. Like you're not going to bring him on in a game like this. I mean, he might do something, but this this isn't the game to be trying out. You know, let's say unproven youngsters. No disrespect to him, but he is, he is very very new and everything. Obviously, Ganacho has done very well. Uh, and then you've got like Lindelof. Like, what what would Lindelof do in this game? Um, unless it's a case where you put Martinez in midfield and put Lindelof in defence, but you take, you know, those those sorts of players off. Um, Heaton obviously not going to change the goalkeeper. You got Alanga, like he he might do something. Maguire, I mean, what would you bring Maguire on for? Um, Palestri, you could bring him on for something. Malasia, maybe, but there's not a lot there, is there? There's just not a lot there at all, which is which is my point. So yeah, it's just it, it's this was kind of a bit of a case where like don't have many midfielders. Bruno's out, not Bruno. Donny's out injured. Um, no Sancho, no Martial, um, no Casemiro. Like having a few of those players would have helped. So although I would have had players I wanted to take off, there's just not a lot to bring on. So it's like, what what do you do? Like, and Tenog is actually in this situation where he's the one making those choices. So, um, I don't know. Unless you do like a drastic change of formation, but you have to have a certain number of players for a certain position. Like, you can't really have sort of four wingers on. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you do something like I don't know, put Malasir in midfield. Like, there's just, um. It's funny when you you look back to the summer, right? And we were trying to get De Jong, 
Obviously, De Jong didn't want to join. Barcelona wanted to get rid of him. It was a weird, annoying situation. Donny wasn't being given a chance. Then he was, kind of. Then he got injured. So there's nothing that he he or anybody can do about that. Then it's down back to that back down to Bruno. Then Casemiro gets suspended. Then you're just back to McTominay and Fred again. Uh, Garner was sold in the summer for some reason, and uh, Iqbal isn't in this team. I mean, I don't know necessarily what Iqbal would do. I mean, I, I I've liked him when I've seen him, but it, it's amazing how quickly you can go paper thin with something in it. I mean, if you go back a couple of seasons ago, we had Cavani. These were the attackers that we had, I think, a season or two ago. We had Sancho, Martial, Greenwood, Rashford, Cavani, Ronaldo. Uh, James wasn't there, I think. I think yeah, James left just before Ronaldo came in. So you had all those players. Then you had Palestri and Diallo, and you had Rashford, and you had Martial and Sancho and all these players. And we ended up changing formation to, like, 4-2-4. And now it's who do we play down the middle? <laughs> like, um, yeah... But then you go back a few other, few more years, it's like, okay, you had Pogba and Herrera and Matic and all these players. Um, and then they obviously went out the team and, and whatever. In fact, none of those three players are there anymore. So, and then you just look at Xhaka, Odegaard and Party, and they had no problems. So, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I do think Tenard got a few things wrong today. I, I do, but I think he was limited with what he could do. I really do. If you, if you look at that team, I don't know necessarily what you do about certain situations. You know, especially the midfield. So, there you go. Anyway, that's enough of all that. Let's take a quick, let's take a quick break. Who the hell is my man of the match going to be today? I'll pick someone in a minute. Alright, let's take a break anyway. We'll come back and I'll tell you who that man of the match is. Hi there. If you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link, which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system, which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today. So that's Kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today. Thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link. Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcast and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned. And it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show. Or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, let's jump into some player ratings. Um, don't have like a clear sort of this player was a 10 out of 10 clear man of the match. I do have 
three contenders, which is Martinez, Wambasaka, and Rashford. And I think I'm gonna just about go with Rashford with this. Um, he had a good game. Still, again, no nobody really pulled off like a ten of the ten clear man of the match. Like like some games before I've even turned on the podcast or whatever, I know who I've picked because there's a clear man of the match at certain points. Um, which is annoying because this probably would have been a game where Casemiro would have had like a proper, you know, like a ten out of ten man of the match. You can tell that it would have changed the game. Um, I'll give Rashford an eight. Which means I can't give anybody else higher than an eight. Um, but I, I thought Rashford was good. I thought we took his goal really, really well. Um, got on the end of of a few things. You can just kind of tell he needs that person next to him to pass to, and that can be Martial. But there's no chemistry or any sort of like build up there between him and Verghorst right now. Um, he does still have a good overlap with Shaw, which is which is useful. But I, I think I'm going to give it to to Rashford. But close. Seconds is uh, Martinez and Wampasaka. Anyway, let's go back to the front, which is David De Gea. I think I'll give him an average six. He did let in three goals today. You know, that's no small amount of goals. His distribution was very questionable at points. He does still need to work on that. How old is De Gea now? He's like 30. It's 32. The problem with the goalkeeper situation is with Dean Anderson not being good enough, we don't really have a young upcoming goalkeeper because the other ones that we've bought are actually... Well, um, Heaton's older than De Gea. I'm not sure how old Butland is, but he's not really going to be the future either. Um, so we really kind of need that next upcoming young goalkeeper, and I have no idea who that's supposed to be. So give him a six. Um, I'm going to actually just give Wan-Bissaka and Martinez the same scores as Rashford, so I'm going to give both of them eight. Wan-Bissaka, I thought, was very good again. Not quite as good as the uh, Manchester derby, but that was like a, the performance of a lifetime sort of thing for uh, Wan-Bissaka. Um, I thought he was good. I did think he got caught on the ball a few times. But Arsenal, again, did very, very well with their pressing. Um, and they really did sort of put us under a lot of pressure. Uh, you could blame maybe Wambasaka for the, was it the first goal? But, again, there's some awkward things kind of going on there. So, But his general performance, I thought, was... Uh, it was good. It was it was good, I think. Uh, Wambasaka's performance. Uh, Varane, what would I give Varane? Um, I'd probably give him... An eight as well. I thought it was good. I didn't notice him as much as some of the other players, but he was he was quite good as well. Same as Martinez, and again, congratulations to him for his first goal. Luke Shaw. Um, I think I'm going to give him a four today. I thought he got forward relatively well, but he couldn't seem to deal with Saka, and it did cause one of the goals. Um, Luke Shaw's general play, I don't think, was as good as it has been in the past either. So. Uh, yeah, I'll give him a four. I, I, I just don't think he was very good today, Luke Shaw. Ericsson, um, I'd probably give him a six. I thought it was all right. You could clearly tell that he was getting a bit leggy towards the end and he should have absolutely been subbed off. I think what the sub should have been was Fred for Ericsson, which would have ended up with McFred in the midfield, but again, what else could he do? Um, so yeah, I thought Ericsson was good for what he was able to do, but I thought he was just on the pitch for a bit too long. And don't forget, like this, this isn't just because of his condition. Like we are playing a lot of games at the moment, so it might be sort of catching up to him slightly. Uh, McTominay's getting a zero. Absolutely dreadful performance. Um, I was really, really well, not really disappointed because I wasn't surprised, but it, it's just, it's just time to move on. He's been here what his whole career. He's twenty six now. 
And you just have to look at him and think, okay, you're 26. You haven't really gotten much better in your career. There was a period of around, you know, 2019 to 2021-ish where I actually thought he was was good. That, that sort of like first Ollie year or around that particular sort of era uh, where he was actually playing pretty decently. Um, but no, just giving the ball away constantly, can't track, well, can track back, but doesn't, then doesn't, like, he tracks back, but then stands there, he doesn't mark players properly, he can't pass, um, has no, sort of, like, awareness around him, um, there was a point as well where he went in for, like, a few tackles, totally missed them, and it just ended up with, like, us in a bad situation, and, I mean, it's particularly bad with, obviously, his position today with where he was playing, which is why he stuck out a bit more because of that midfield battle. But that's his problem to deal with, I suppose. So, um, but no, I, I I really thought it was terrible. This is one of, and <laughs> McTominay's dropped some bad performances in the last couple of years. This this is up there with, 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 with some of the worst. I really, really do think it is. Um, I did read some, like, rumoured report, don't take this with any sort of, like, seriousness or whatever, but Newcastle were apparently interested in him. I also read, like, Southampton might have been interested in him. Just let him go, honestly, or just, I don't know, drop him and don't renew his contract. Like, we we really have to move on and upgrade from McTominay. I want to stop with all these ifs, buts, maybes, he could do this, he could do that, whatever. When it comes to these sorts of games, because he might be, might be a good squad player, at points, even that isn't consistent enough. Um, we just have to move on. Whether it's going to be De Jong or th- there's loads of midfielders in the world. I'm I'm sure I'm perfectly sure um, that we can get somebody better than than McTominay. Um, he's been good at points. It's just time to move on. Stop with the ifs, buts, maybe he could do this, maybe he could do that. Could he be better with this player next to him, whatever like. As an individual player, he's just not been good enough for for too long. And in these games, it really matters. And he failed the test today, which has happened on more than one occasion. He's he's failed the test in the in the big games. But I'm going to give him a zero. Uh, Anthony, I thought Anthony was all right. Um, got forward a bit more. I'm trying to sort of. I haven't really worked this out yet, but I talk about this quite a lot. And I mentioned it a minute ago with Rashford and Shaw, the overlapping relationship. The trap back, you know, relationship. They ha- there has to be communication between your wingers and your fullbacks. There has to be. And he played with the low for a while. Didn't really work. They, but individually, they were playing all right. But there's that partnership there. I'm not quite sure where that is yet with with Wambasaka. Um, because ideally, what you kind of want with that, and again, it can be different for different systems or teams or who you're playing against is for one of them to be a bit more defensive, one of them for, to be a bit more attacking. And the reason that could work with Wambasaka and Anthony is Anthony's much more attacking and Wambasaka's much more defensive. Whereas with Delow and Anthony, you've got two very attacking wide players and there's not a lot of track back going on there. So it, it's kind of about finding that balance. So um, it could be a situation where Delow works better with somebody else and then Wambasaka works well with Anthony. I don't know, but Wambasaka's only kind of recently come back, so I'm st- I'm still trying to sort of look at that. Bruno Fernandez, um, I give him a three, I think today, maybe three or four. Um, giving the ball away far too many times again. That midfield battle. Um, the reason why I'm picking on Eriksson, McTominay, and Bruno so much today, particularly obviously McTominay, 
is the midfield battle. All of the, all three of them lost the midfield battle. They did some bits in some moments. Um, but neither of them were really good enough today. Neither of them. Um, Bruno's still doing too many hero balls. I know I point it out all the time, but if he continues to do it, I will continue to point it out um, until he improves upon that. And if he does improve upon that, I will mention that as well. Um, it just kind of winds me up a little bit when... Um, you know, he, he he does sort of the charge up with his with with his left arm. He, you know, he's going for a really big kick, and I'm like, don't do it, just don't do it. And uh, it's very annoying. It's very very annoying. Uh, Rashford, I've already talked about Rashford. Uh, Vegost, I thought we got involved a bit more today, which was good. Um, he almost played a little bit of like a hybrid false nine thing, which I don't think is what he's supposed to be doing. Um, from what I understand about Vegost, he's very much a sort of Target man, poacher, fox in the box sort of sort of player. Not not like a he's not like a Firmino for Liverpool, like a false nine. He's not meant to really be dropping deep and picking off passes to the wide players and running forward. He's supposed to just kind of be the guy that you put the ball to in the box. Um, but he put in some decent work, right? And he got the ball a few times. He contributed towards a few things and kind of did the uh, dummy run for uh, Rashford's goal whether it's supposed to be a dummy run or not I'm not really sure but uh but it still worked pretty well so we lost this game unfortunately it's the first one in a while that we've lost which is uh interesting I suppose um so yeah we'll see where this where this goes from here but the, the way I'm looking at this now it's Arsenal's to lose um it's I think it's in their hands they could go uh what was it again eight points clear is this league table load? Yeah, the five points clear at the moment with the game in hand. So, um, again, they could win that game in hand, still lose both games to City and still win, still be two points ahead. So we'll we'll see how they how they get on. Um, just an update on top scorers, by the way. Because <laughs> Haaland got a hat-trick yesterday. 20 games played. The record for a single se- the most goals in the Premier League single season is 31. It's held by about four or five players. Haaland's got 25. <laughs> He's six goals off of... And again, I don't really, like, want him to do it. Um, it, it doesn't really matter to me who the top scorer is. It matters to me who wins the league. Because, um, like, Liverpool could end up seventh and Salah could be top scorer and I wouldn't really care that much. Um, I mean, Rashford's got nine. He's our top scorer. Um, it's just kind of an interesting, fascinating football thing, because I do care about more than football than just, you know, just May United stuff, obviously I love May United and want them to win, but I am, you know, I, I do find the Premier League itself very fascinating, you know, you see what Newcastle are doing, you see how many goals Haaland is scoring, and it's just interesting, I, I, I just find it interesting, but three assists, obviously you don't really expect him to get assists, That's the, you don't buy Haaland to get assists, you buy him for goals, 25 goals in 20 games, so he's got so he needs seven more to break the record because it's thirty-one. He's got twenty-five. So he's he's got um, he's got eighteen goals to he's got eighteen games to get six goals. It's not very many, is it? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Anyway, we move on. Um, something that is very much in our hands. Uh, this week, this week Wednesday, uh, we play Nottingham Forest in the semi-final of the Carabao Cup. Is it the greatest trophy in the world? No, but we are on a trophy drought. We do need a trophy. 
I like it when Man United win trophies. That is one that we can win. So I want us to win that one. All that's standing in our way is a two-legged game against Nottingham Forest and then either Southampton or Newcastle. Newcastle could be tricky, but um, I expect us to, to win that. Um, I still would like us to win the league. I still think we're in the title race. But which one are we more likely to win? The Carabao Cup or the Premier League? It's the Carabao Cup. Um, also, it's just different with that because it's knockout games and it's in our hands. Whereas we could win every game for the rest of the season and still not win the league. So it's just how, you know, you look at things realistically. So, um, yeah. Uh, I'll be very, very disappointed if we don't win that. And I want us to win it. I don't want us to just get to the final. Um, But it's one that we can't take too easily. You know, just because I've just read out, you know, Southampton, Newcastle and Forest. That isn't the point to go, you know, oh, you know, three easy teams that it's it's already won. You know, you don't you don't look at it that way either. You've got to look at it in terms of you've got to put your best team out for for those three games. It's only three games of football. You don't even have to win all three of them because you don't have to win both legged games at a semi-final. Um, we could draw one and win the other one 1-0 and that's all you need. It's not based on goal difference. And then we only need one goal to win the final. <laughs> so uh, we only actually need to score two goals to win that cup. So um, the final of that, I don't know when that is, but that should be very, very soon. I expect us to win that. don't know about the FA Cup or Europa League. They're nowhere near where this competition's at. So we shall see. Uh, but just to read out the top four. Um, Arsenal, 19 games played, 50 points. Manchester City, 20 games played, 45 points. Man United, sorry, Newcastle, 20 games played, 39 points. May United, 20 games played, 39 points. But they've got a much better goal difference than us. And then there's a bit of a drop-off. 20 games played and 33 points for uh, for Tottenham. How they threw that lead away against Man City the other day was... was uh, a bit pathetic, I thought. Tune up at half time against C. You, you can't throw that away. So, anyway, um, that's enough for, for all that to, today. Thank you all very much for listening. If you have any thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, do you think Arsenal could win the league? Do you think Newcastle could do it? Do you think we're going to do it? Do you think Man City will do it? I think all four of us are in the title race. Um, so, which one of them do you think is going to win it? Obviously, we hope to win it, but which one do you think is going to? Uh, it's It's Arsenal's to lose, certainly. So... We shall see. Um, anyway, in the meantime, let me know what you think of anything I've said here. Any of your own thoughts? What do you think of McTominay's performance? I know I kind of went in on him a little bit. What do you think of our midfield situation? Of Veghorst or anything else? Uh, MatthewDentertainmentTalk.org Twitter eTalkUK has a contact page information in your show notes. Also the email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes as well. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, games, films, main eye podcast. Look out for the Last of Us episodes. Gaming Talk is back this week. Did a Call of Duty podcast review. Did another podcast on Hogwarts Legacy and the World Cup situation. Um, what else have I done recently? Man Called Otto review. Um, the Last of Us stuff, Gaming Talk. That's pretty much what we're doing right now. So look out for all that on entertainmenttalk.org and your favourite podcast platforms by searching for Entertainment Talk. In the meantime, you can support Entertainment Talk by, like I said, either listening to more episodes that we've got. You can also tell other people about what we're doing and where they can find it, either by telling them or using social media. Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers. 
for the ad-free podcast review options. Have a look at that as well if you'd like to. TV and film news. Geek Time Radio, geektime.co.uk. Geek Time Radio is on Tuesdays. Uh, that's for renewals, cancellations, pickups, air dates and film news. Uh, check out all of that run by David over there. Bex over on Twitch, Trista B-Y-T-E-S for classic retro game and chat streams. Me over on Twitch, ED Talk UK for um, irregular streams. And uh, YouTube, a bunch of new COD clips over on YouTube. Um, some episodes of things just some youtube video game stuff over on youtube entertainment talk plays thanks very much for listening and uh yeah first leg of the carabao cup semi-final wednesday we'll see how we get on by the way i'd prefer that we if we're gonna draw one of the games and win one of them let's get the win out of the way first at least because otherwise that will put pressure on the team like unnecessary pressure so let's just let's just go out there wednesday and just get the job done whether it's one nil 10 nil or whatever it is um certainly nottingham forest which anybody can lose to anybody but let's get this done shall we let's let's get it let's get our our ticket for the uh for the final and then win the final i would like to do that let's do that let's see how it goes on wednesday see you for that then thanks for listening and i'll see you next time goodbye